Knowing Ben, it's probably his mom. I don't know. I feel like it's weird to want to, like, be with someone who looks exactly like your mother. Um, Freud? I don't feel like... to say about that. Yeah, but I feel like no one has ever said, like, oh, that Freud was onto something. I'm sorry. What? I need your opinion on something. Okay. I assume you know who Adam Schefter is. I know the name. He's like the uh, insider guy for all things NFL for ESPN. Oh, sure. Yeah. So he announces to the world that Jason Kelsey plans on retiring. Mm-hmm. And Jason Kelsey on his podcast today said, I don't know what I'm going to do because I was very emotional at the end of that game that we lost. And it's hard to use your emotion at that moment to make a decision. But he said some things to his teammates in the locker room that made it sound like he was going to retire. Someone leaked that to Schefter. Schefter tweeted it. Now, at the time of recording, it is unclear what Jason Kelsey is going to do. I personally think he is going to retire, and he's just kind of trying to take the moment back. But who knows what happens by the time this episode comes out. So this is now the second time that a future Hall of Famer legend in the NFL has planned on retiring. And Schefter has immediately tweeted it the second he found out and not give the player their due. The other one being Tom Brady. And Tom Brady came out of retirement despite him. Schefter has also, this is unrelated, but when Beloved Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins passed away. In the tweet announcing that Dwayne Haskins passed away, he made sure to include that Dwayne Haskins struggled in the NFL, as if that was relevant to the fact that he died. So what do you think about these players not getting the opportunity to announce that they're going to retire without having it just get leaked to the press and the moment ruined for them? I mean, I think that sucks for them. I think he's just doing his job. I mean, that tweet about Dwayne Haskins is just stupid. But, I mean, do I think that the media is just a bunch of, like, blood-hungry, muddy-hungry people who don't care about people at all? Yeah, absolutely. Sports media has sucked for just so long. Like, it's just a bunch of fucking talking heads saying shit that they don't know if it's true or not, speculating, and then it happens and they just pretend that they were right the entire time, even if they were wrong, which is why I'm happy to announce that we will not be doing a sports podcast. Which we never would have. I don't know. You're pretty knowledgeable. I'm not knowledgeable. Let me tell you, I never thought I would I would let this see the light of day. There's really no way to like tell the story without it being just like, obvious immediately that i'm like really dumb we were watching a game i don't think it was a game that was like important to us i don't really remember but they needed the first down in this scenario and whomever that's not the correct use of whom uh someone was running the ball and 
when they went to get tackled, they kind of rolled over the people trying to tackle him instead of, you know, whatever. So basically he's still going and then he goes down and it's like, did he get it or not? And they're showing the replay. And multiple times as they're showing the replay, I'm going, well, his foot is down right there. Well, his foot is down right there. (laughs) And then I go, I I, like Andrew doesn't respond. And then I sit there for a couple more seconds. And then I go, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. (laughs) His foot doesn't matter. And I was like, why didn't you correct me? And he goes, I thought you were making a bad joke. And I was like, no, it's because his whole body left the ground and then like his foot touches down. And so I was just seeing that as like, that's where he's down. And it was his fucking foot. And I literally said it like three times. I was like, well, his foot is down and the ball short. And he just ignored me. And I was like, I am so stupid. And then also the other day, I mean, I did notice it on my own for the record. I didn't have to be corrected. I corrected myself, but that's pretty bad. And then the other day, Andrew was like trying to remember who the center was for Ohio State. And I full confidence said, Tommy Eichenberg. (laughs) And then he was like, no. And I said, he just looks like he'd be a center. He doesn't, though. Does to me. Bulky white guy, center. Okay, I mean, fair enough. That's why I can't have a sports podcast. I'm stupid. Here's the thing, though. I feel like you know, no disrespect to fellow podcasters. Most people with sports podcasts are dumb. Even fucking, you know, analysts and commentators and play-by-play guys are dumb. I was watching the Steelers-Bills game, and it came down to, like, a guy, wide receiver gets tackled, but he extend the ball beyond the line to gain. And they were like, oh, this is going to be close. And I said, I don't think this is close. I think he clearly got the line to gain and that was a bad spot so then they're like oh buffalo might want to challenge this and they're showing an angle from the first down marker that shows that his fucking the ball's beyond the line to gain and his knee's not even down yet and then they 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 do frame by frame and eventually his knee touches the ground ball still beyond the line to gain and they're just like they really need indisputable evidence to overturn this and i was like are we looking at the same fucking game like what is going on here and then Buffalo does challenge it. And within like five seconds, they're like calls overturned first down. And they were like, wow, I guess they had enough. And I'm like, am I taking crazy pills? What the fuck is going on? So I don't think anyone knows what the fuck they're talking about. Okay. But I mean, Ohio State's going to win the national championship in 2024, 2025 season. Get ready. Okay. I'll make you a bet. No, no. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost, everybody. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we are covering season four, episode six, The Other Woman. I thought this episode was mediocre. So as did I. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a Juliet-centric, which the last two were really good, but I don't think... I think I forgot about how much I just didn't really care for this episode. It's not that it was bad. Like, it's not up there with... Stranger in a Strange Land or Expose or anything like that. It's just like, 
the on island or like the present day storyline i just feel like a lot of it could have been avoided just if they like communicated but obviously you gotta like build up suspense and shit like that and then like i did not care for the flashback storyline i i thought it was fine i thought the whole thing was just fine i didn't really mind the flashback storyline like thought it was kind of interesting because obviously we knew that she had a relationship with goodwin but we didn't know it was scandalous oh yes scandalous indeed but how would you synopsisize this mediocre episode i will say my synopsis just as mediocre as the episode <laughs> hmm charlotte charlotte <laughs> okay we're off to a great start Woo! Charlotte and Daniel sneak you off. You did it camp. again. No, I didn't. You said Charlotte. No, I didn't. I sound like you did. I'll do it again, but leave it all in because I'm pretty sure the second time I did it right. Charlotte and Daniel sneak off from camp and Ben shows how far his reach still goes. Yeah, that's pretty mediocre. Hey. I've got some mediocre quick bits. Yay. This episode was directed by Eric Lonneville. This is the final appearance of Brett Collins Goodwin. This is the lowest rated episode of season four with 7.7 7 out of 10. Did you like this episode more or less than Eggtown? All I remember about Eggtown was like there was eggs in the beginning and Kate was dumb. I don't know. I can't remember it. The one thing I'll give this episode, the title makes sense. It's not just there were eggs yeah in fact this episode references a couple different things one the fact that juliet is the other woman that goodwin is seeing that juliet is the other woman besides kate that jack has feelings for the fact that juliet is the other woman aside from the woman whom juliet looks like to ben and that juliet is an other who was a woman that's a lot Let's dive right into it, shall we? We shall. So we start off with a flashback of Juliet meeting with her therapist, Harper. Juliet says she doesn't think they need to see each other, and Harper says they shouldn't think of it as therapy. They should think of it as talking. She asks what her least favorite part of being on the new environment is. We later learn it's the island. And Juliet says she doesn't like being the center of attention or being treated like a celebrity. Harper says that maybe she just feels like all eyes are on her, but soon she will realize that she is no different than everyone else. Juliet tries to say that's not what she meant, but Tom interrupts saying Ben wants to see Juliet, and Harper says it was nice meeting her and welcomes her to the island. Thoughts on island therapy? I thought it was progressive of them, although the therapist is dog shit. <laughs> I get that Harper was like supposed to be unlikable, but I just feel like I'm... Imagine if, like, within five minutes, your therapist is just like, maybe you just think you're special. Yeah, I mean, but also it's like, how could you ever, in such a small community, how could you ever have a therapist? Like, that's an automatic conflict of interest. How do you mean? Like, the whole point of a therapist is they should only know you in that setting. It's it's essentially supposed to be, like, anonymous. Hmm. But they live in this this tiny little community where everybody knows everybody so it couldn't like it's automatically like unethical did you have the same problem on once upon a time i don't remember anything about once upon a time jiminy cricket was the town therapist that's 
fine. That's a fairy tale land. No, in in the land without magic in Storybrooke. Bitch, I don't remember. <laughs> Thoughts on Tom coming back? R.I.P. Miss you, bud. <laughs> Thought you'd be a little more excited. Well, he's dead still. This is like the third time they did the whole Juliet flashback. Is she on the island? Is she not on the island? And then like based off the music cue, it it stands to reason that it's this is supposed to be a reveal that she's on the island. Is that just like old for you yet? Uh, I mean, it's not like old. It's just I knew she was on the island. Like from the get go, even before Tom walked in? Yeah. You think she sought out therapy before when her life sucked? Uh, like when she was working for her ex-husband? Yeah. Pro- I would say probably not, only because, like, I think in 2004, people weren't really, like, act- like often using therapy. Actually, it would have been even sooner, because she's on the island for three years, so it would have been 2001. Sure, then. So she left, like, right after 9-11, I just realized. Because her three-year anniversary on the island is September 22nd. Okay. Just put that together. Tom says Harper's a piece of work, but give her time and she will have you cry about your daddy. He speaks from experience. Tom then takes her to Ben, who gives her a house. And Ben says that they pulled out all the stops. And Juliet says that she's only going to be there for six months and they should not have gone to all the trouble. But Ben says they want her to feel at home. If someone gave me a house for free, I'd probably consider dating them. Really? Yeah. What's the nicest gift you've ever been given from a significant other? I, does my engagement ring count? If you want to be lame, sure. Okay, like a birthday or a Christmas gift? Yeah. Or maybe just like a spontaneous... Not that I think oh, Andrew is I got the it. spontaneous gift giver. I got it. Easy. Um, I was just taken to... A playoff game. Oh my god. Yeah. Definitely the best gift. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? You want to ask me anything? Uh, no, I can't fucking stand this. I can't <laughs> stand when someone asks a question just because they want, like, you want me to ask the follow-up question. If you want to tell me what your favorite gift from a significant other is, just fucking tell me. I don't necessarily want to tell you. I just think it's rude that you didn't ask. Oh, well, because I don't care. Wow. Anyway. Guess we'll never know. Guess we'll never know unless someone's asked on flashback. Hey, nice cheeky plug there. On the island present day, Sun helps Juliet fix her tent from the raid. And Sun asks her why she's going to all the trouble of fixing her tent when they're about to be rescued. Juliet says they still need somewhere to sleep tonight. And then Jack interrupts them, asking if they have seen Charlotte and Faraday. They, along with their things, are missing. Jin says that he saw them go into the jungle a little bit ago, and Jack asks why he didn't say anything. Jin says that Jack said that they're friends, which Sun immediately asks if they are. So Jack tells them all to fan out and hunt them down. Say it with me, folks. Rain is bad. And they start searching. Julia is then surrounded by the whispers when Harper appears. Why did you think Faraday and Charlotte left at this point? Uh, just to do something sneaky. I didn't really think too much about it. 
Juliet asks what she wants, and Harper says that she has a message from Ben. Faraday and Charlotte are headed to the Tempest, and if they figure out how to deploy the gas, everyone on the island will die. Juliet says that they should stop it, but Ben wants her to stop it. Juliet asks how Ben knows anything when he is a prisoner, and Harper says Ben is exactly where he wants to be. Juliet asks how he is supposed to stop them, and Harper says, shooting them. Then Jack shows up and takes aim and asks who she is. Harper says that she's an old friend of Juliet's and he can go with her to help. Then the whispers return and she is gone. You got a note here about Ghost Harper. I don't remember when I wrote this, it, like shortly after this scene, because I was trying to like overthink everything and like look for some kind of crazy twist. And I was like, what if the flashbacks later reveal that Harper died in childbirth and that this was ghost Harper, not actual Harper, but obviously the, the flashbacks did not reveal that. So, but the fact that Jack saw her, didn't you didn't sway you off that theory? You thought maybe she just was visible to multiple people. Uh, I didn't really believe the theory. I just thought it would have been fun. Multiple people saw ghost Charlie. So just saying Hurley and the other guy in this in insane asylum. Yeah. Fair enough. So let's just talk about it now. What are your thoughts about Harper? Uh, she seems like a bitch. No, tell me how you really feel. Uh, she seems like a bitch. What do you think about the fact that Ben apparently is, again, in the place that he wants to be? This is now the second person to say that, the first being Miles. I think it's interesting, and I think it's fun. Rat Boy lives on. <laughs> So at this point, we'll talk about it a little bit later when we get to the safe. But as far as we know, Ben's not communicating with the others in any way. But Harper knew when they were going to go and when to tell Juliet as if it was like scheduled. Do you think A, Ben is somehow communicating with them or B, they've had this planned out a while? That's hard to say. because I, I feel like the fact that it's like as soon as they leave the camp, Harper shows up and she's like, this is what's happening. But they could have also just been like, okay, they're coming. We know that they're going to go to the Tempest and try to do this. And you guys, part of the plan is that you guys need to sit and watch the camp and wait for them. But it's like, why have Juliet do it? Why not they just take care of it? We get a flashback where Juliet is crying in the barracks infirmary. She is interrupted by Goodwin's sneaking of bandages and she asks how he burned himself. Goodwin lies saying that he works at the power station and pressed up against a transformer. She tells him to sit as she dresses it. Then he recognizes her as the baby doctor and says he heard about the woman's passing this morning. He says it's not her fault. And she says that she was brought here to fix the problem with pregnant women dying on the island. So it feels like it's her fault. Goodwin says no one believes that she's going to fix it overnight. And he asks if she has anyone to talk to, maybe Harper. Juliet says Harper's a bitch, and Goodwin says that's his wife. <laughs> Did you see that coming? No. She awkwardly smiles and apologizes, and he says it's fine. He thanks her for the bandage and says if she needs someone to talk to, he is around. She says if he promises not to tell Harper what she said, she promises not to tell anyone about how he lied about his burn. 
She says she knows a chemical burn when she sees one. And Goodwin takes the deal and introduces himself as he leaves. If you found out that Andrew, not cheating, called you a bitch, or someone called you a bitch to Andrew, and he didn't, like, defend you and just kind of agreed, how mad would you be? I mean, was I being a bitch, though? Because I'm a bitch a lot of the time. Here's the thing, though. You are a bitch. Don't get it twisted. But... It's one thing if, like, I, to Andrew, say Lauren's being a bitch. Or someone who has met you one time, you know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, if it's just, like, some random girl, and then she was like, yeah, Lauren's a bitch, and he was just like, well, then yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty mad. So far, the season four flashbacks, to which we are about, or flash sequences, uh, sequences, I should say, which we're about halfway through season four at this point, have been either flash forwards or the constant or the one flashback sequence of Confirmed Dead where we learned a little bit about the Freighter 4. This is like getting back to, you know, the original formula of like one singular story that helps flesh out the characters a little bit. Do you like that we went back to that? And do you feel like this background story really gives anything to the characters? Um, I think this one does because while the whole connection between Ben and Juliet has definitely been hinted at, I think this one gives us way more information. Was like, I feel like before this episode, it was almost trying to hint that they like had a relationship, maybe. This one definitely puts it into a different perspective where you see like, Ben's a little obsessed. He's just Ben. Juliet says that Charlotte and Faraday are headed to the Tempest, which Jack questions. She says it'd be safer for him if he just doesn't know. But she does tell him that's an electrical station that powers the island. Did you question that at all? Where the power was coming from for all the Dharma stations in the barracks? No. I don't ask questions. That's not true. I don't ask questions about power. You literally... Bitch, you were obsessed with magnets for two seasons. I didn't ask questions about the magnets. I knew all about the magnets. I feel like you're always like, they don't, they don't questions, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's like a pretty big question. Sure. Now, Locke did bring it up once, and we got the hamster wheel explanation. He stops her and says, if there's something that she needs to tell him, now is the time to do it. And Juliet says what she needs is his help and asks if he's willing to help. Jack essentially says yes, and she says if they move all night, they can catch them. Flash forward to the morning, where Charlotte and Faraday have stopped at the creek to check for directions. He asks what happens if he can't do it, and she says that he can do this. As they start to head out, Kate arrives. Charlotte immediately draws on her, and Faraday says that she is okay. Faraday asks about Miles, and Kate says that they're treating him fine. She then asks why they're out in the jungle, and Charlotte lies, saying that they're looking for spare batteries for their dead sat phones so they can call the freighter, and the batteries are in the packs that they threw out of the helicopter. Which is honestly a pretty solid lie, if it wasn't for the fact that the phone is sticking out of the bag and is on. Yeah. Like, quick thinking, but, like, not quick enough. For sure. Kate asks if they threw the packs from their chopper, why does Faraday have one? Faraday, not good at lying, says that he borrowed this one. 
Kate searches it and finds the gas mask from the first episode of the season, and then Charlotte knocks her out. What do you make of the dynamic between Charlotte and Faraday? They're very different. I mean, I like it when... I feel like Charlotte has, like, girl boss energy in a good way. She's Is there bad girl boss energy? Yeah. MLM girl boss energy. Like, hey, girly, do you want to be your own boss? Like, that's MLM girl boss energy. But, no, I just feel like she wears the pants in their little duo, and that's cool. Still like her. Do you think they like each other, or they just work together? I think they work together and they don't hate each other they might even like each other a little bit what do you mean a little bit i don't know i feel like it's like a spectrum right they're probably like a little bit more than neutral Hmm. at this point did you have a theory on what they might be up to other than what harper you know blatantly said i just thought that harper said what they were doing and that so you you thought that they were bad guys a little bit because they have the gas masks, right? So I was like, I mean, if people want access to this island, yeah, kill everybody on the island. It's like, makes sense. Jack asks who Harper was, and Juliet says that she was her therapist. Jack questions that they had therapists, and Juliet says it was very stressful being another. I don't know how she got to this sentence because Jack says, Harper seemed hostile. Juliet says, I'm sure there are things from your past you wouldn't want me to know about. No, she said, well, I don't remember specifically, but just based off what you're saying, maybe it's like the, the, what he's saying. Oh my gosh. Maybe the message under, (laughs) hold on. Let me start over. This is all staying in. Maybe the underlying message that she took from what Jack was saying was like, uh, she seemed pretty hostile towards you. Like what's going on there. Mm. And it was like, Oh, it's something from my past. I'm sure there's stuff in your past that you don't want me to know about. It's like, well, it's because I banged her husband and now Mm. he's dead. Jack immediately cops back with, yeah, you read them all in my file, which Juliet says, trust me, you do not want to read my file. So let's talk about Jack in this episode. Let's start off with, how do you feel about Jack in this episode? He didn't bother me, but I have thoughts about Jack and Juliet. We'll save that for later. Right. Something that I have thought about for a little while, and this isn't me getting on my soapbox and saying that you're too harsh to Jack, blah, 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 blah. I think that you and Jack have some similarities. Only one that I'm going to talk about now. So don't get, don't get too, (laughs) no, don't get too offended. Okay. Both great under pressure. Um, you often get frustrated with Jack and like his stubbornness and not wanting to do anything unless he is in control or knows all the information, like going back to whatever the case may be. And Jack, like demanding to know the little plane, like what that meant to Kate. But I think it's funny because you have said over and over again, none of these people ask questions and you would be like, I need to know. And you're like, I'm the nosiest bitch on the land. I I feel like you are similar to Jack where you just like expect to know all the information. And I think that the dynamic between Jack and Juliet is really interesting because Jack's kind of backed off on the like, I need to know, like he never like asked 
for proof on that Juliet is one of them because he's like, oh, I saw it in your eyes, blah, 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 blah. But now he's kind of like coming out a little bit in his old ways and like needing to know. I feel like it's fair because Juliet does know everything about him and he knows nothing. I don't have any problem with what Jack did in today's episode. And also like, I think in the past, I, I will agree. Like Jack is what's your, what it comes down to. Jack is a control freak and I am a control freak. Part of being a control freak is that I want to know everything, right? So I just think that in the past when Jack's been like with the plane thing, he's just very aggressive and that's what I don't like about him. And then later he doesn't ask enough questions. And as a nosy bitch, I'm like, why aren't you asking more questions? So that's why I've had problems with him in the past. But today was fine. Like if I saw a hint of something scandalous going on i'd be asking nosy questions too do you do that in real life uh ask nosy questions yeah if i know the people like people that you work with um are you the office gossip yeah i mean it's not anything about their personal lives like people don't really say anything juicy about their personal lives but there's definitely like stuff that goes on in the office and if i hear people talking about it and i'm comfortable with those people i go Wait, what? Say that again? <laughs> I I have been known to say dish bish. <laughs> in the next flashback, Juliet says to Ben that the island's fertility problem occurs in the second trimester when the mother's immune system kicks in. She says it seems like the immune system is turning on the fetus. Nothing new here, but Ben is all doughy-eyed and almost touches her hand. He asks what he thinks, what she thinks is causing the problem. And Juliet says it's too early to tell, but it only happens to women who conceive on island. Then Goodwin comes in and finds Ben and Juliet. It's a little awkward, but he says he was just offering up an extra sandwich. Juliet says no, she's got therapy. And Goodwin tells her to say hi to Harper for him and then offers the sandwich to Ben, who says no. And Ben is very tense. It's like he knew already. At therapy, Harper asks what Juliet thinks of Ben, and she essentially says Ben's very intense and challenging, but has been good to her. And Harper says, of course, because Juliet looks just like her. Juliet's confused by this, and Harper changes the topic, saying she has become very friendly with Goodwin. Juliet says that he's been great and helpful, but Harper asks when they started sleeping together. Juliet tries to act offended, but Harper says that she followed them and watched them. Juliet then tries to apologize, but Harper says it does not matter now. But what does matter is that if she continues to have a relationship with Goodwin, there will be consequences. And she does not want Goodwin to get hurt. Juliet says that she would never hurt him, but Harper says she's not talking about Juliet. She's talking about Ben. Are they talking about Juliet looking like that chick from that with the dolls with Ben? Annie? Yeah. It's possible. The other candidate could be his mother. That's what I was about to say. Knowing Ben, it's probably his mom. I don't know. I feel like it's weird to want to like be with someone who looks exactly like your mother. Um, Freud. We I don't feel like to say about that. Yeah, but I feel like no one has ever said like, "Oh, that Freud was onto something." I'm sorry. What? I don't think anyone has ever used Freud in a positive connotation. Yeah, like, but like you don't become like, like. 
I'm, if, Fro oh, if Freud you're, wasn't you're, on to something, you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm not saying like Freud. I'm not saying he was on to something intelligent wise. I mean, like, oh man, Freud thinks everyone wants to sleep with their mom, and that's okay. No, but what I'm the whole thing with with Freud's theory is like you don't want to sleep with your mom on purpose. It's not like it's not like Ben grew up. And he was like, oh, this Freud guy, he's really got a good idea. I'm going to look for people who look like my mom and I'm going to want to bang him. It's just like something that happens naturally, according to Freud. But it doesn't make any sense, though, because Ben doesn't know his mother. But he, that's the that's the whole thing is he has mommy issues because she died, but he knows what she looks like. So it could make sense that he would naturally be attracted to, if not obsessed with someone who looks like his mother. Or maybe his girlfriend that he lost in childbirth yeah potentially but i like the mother angle more it's funny let us know in the poll do you think julia is supposed to look like annie or ben's mother who was played by ben's actor's wife <laughs> i don't even remember what annie looks like well she was a child so was she blonde uh yeah but every kid's blonde that, well, i wasn't blonde I have learned that only three to five percent of the population of the world are blonde. You know, I'm pretty I'm getting a really strong sense of deja vu. I think we had this exact conversation when Kate was on. That sounds like, about right. Like last episode of the episode before. And it started with you going, well, every kid is blonde. And then you guys gave that stat. Hmm. I guess, as Taylor Swift said. Do you get deja vu? Huh? Oh my god. What do you think of the fact that Harper knows her husband is having an affair and rather than getting angry, addressing it publicly, leaving him, she's just like, I need to protect him. I mean, it's just, it's a whole different dynamic going on with these people, you know? Isn't that dynamic? Some people forgive their partners. I just mean with the others, like, I don't know. They're just different. Elaborate. Seems like you just said that. I just don't have that many thoughts about it, but I know, I know you don't like when I don't respond to your questions. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that you tried. Thanks. I can see the reflection of your screen in your face. What are you distracted by today? I'm just trying to delete pictures off my laptop because I have like 3,000 pictures and I know my laptop could die at any moment. And I'd like to get them transferred off my laptop, but first I have to filter out all the crap. I don't really save pictures to my laptop that often unless I, like, want to keep them. How much crap do you have? I used to back up my phone to my laptop, like, mm. all the time. So I have, like, a lot of years of pictures. Like, I'm in 2016 right now. I almost said good year, but I'm pretty sure that's when the world started to go to shit. That's when Harambe died, right? Fuck, I don't know, man. I was in college. It all started with that fucking gorilla. Because we like grew up in Dayton, oftentimes when people just talk about Harambe, because you would be surprised how much he comes up, I like to just lie and say that I saw I was there that day. Okay. That just makes you a liar. That's not what makes me a liar. The hundreds of other lies that I've told has made me a liar. All of them collectively make you a liar. At the barracks, Claire finds Locke cleaning a rabbit. She asks what he's doing with Miles, and Locke says nothing really until he's ready to talk. Claire says that she would like to talk to him, and Locke asks why. She says that they have to find out who these people are, what they want, and where they came from. She says that they might be taking the wrong approach. 
Locke killed one, Ben shot one, and now they're holding another prisoner. It's not hard to understand why these people think they're hostile, and Claire says that they might be less intimidated by her. Locke says no, and Claire tries to argue, but Locke asks if she remembers what Charlie said about them. And Claire says all Charlie said was whose boat it isn't, and asks if he would like to know whose boat it is. Thoughts on Claire stepping up here? Uh, this isn't really related to the scene, but I was thinking about Lost the other day. And I was, th- shut up. And I was thinking how, like, okay, why does Aaron get off the island and not Kate? And not Claire? I, that's what I meant, Claire. And I feel like they're going to kill Claire. I do, because now that Charlie's gone, you've you said it yourself, like, they don't do a whole lot with Claire. Like, you're like, she's just Aaron's mother. And then she was just like a romantic plot point for Charlie. Barely. I feel like they're going to kill her. Probably this season. Like, someone's got to die this season, right? Could be her. Just so you, you think Claire is the big season four death? I don't even think she could be a big death. I think she's just a death. Damn! Yeah. I said it. So, if there was a big death, and Claire is not the big death... Do you think there is a big death in this season? Because you, you in the pilot, or not the pilot, the premiere of season four said, I think Saeed's in the Oceanic Six. And then five minutes later said, I think Saeed might die this season. Well, now I don't think it's Saeed because I know that he's Oceanic Six and he lives because he goes and like we've seen that. And I'm glad it's not Saeed. I still think it could be Sun or Jin, which would be really upsetting. But I don't know. I just feel like they don't do enough with Claire. And also, I was trying to think, when does she start her recurring role on Once Upon a Time? Uh, About two years after Lost Ends. Well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Really thought you had that one figured out. (laughs) I just thought it could be a potential something. Did I tell you that that was the reason why I watched Once Upon a Time? They, They advertised it as loss emily d ravens joins the cast so i was like i gotta get out of this i mean makes sense so instead of taking claire's advice Locke goes down to ben's cell and gives him his dinner which ben immediately realizes it's rabbit and asks if it had a number on it yeah did you react at all to that line i mean no it was just like kind of meta right it was an ad lib that michael emerson did oh really but I'm a little upset here because every time they have mentioned a rabbit, I have said, do you think it had a number on it? And you always ask, why are you saying that? So I'm a little disappointed that you didn't pick up on that. Oh, well, I don't care about You, you don't I'm listen saying. to what I say. I know. <laughs> no, I, know. I do listen to what you say. And every time you ask about the number on the rabbit, I'm like, shut up. And I, I, I see it by that. No, you're full of shit. <laughs> No, I do, because it was a bad joke. Ben asks if the revolution has begun yet, if the people have started to question Locke's decisions. He says it starts out innocent, a question here, a comment there, but it leads to a full-blown insurrection if he's not careful. He says that everyone will be angry when they realize he still has yet to come up with a plan. Locke assumes that he has a plan, which Ben says, I always have a plan. Locke asks if that includes raising $2.3 million dollars. And he gives him a dollar to help him out. 
Ben then says he can help them, that they have shared interests, or at the very least, a common enemy. Not the people on the freighter, the one that they work for. Ben asks to be let out and be free, and he will tell them who sent the freighter. Locke says he does not trust him, so Ben says he's going to have to show him. Do you think Locke should have trusted Ben? Slash, would you have trusted Ben? Do I think he should trust Rat Boy Ben? No. Do I think he had any other option? Not really. I think Locke's just at a point where he's like twiddling his thumbs. Does he really need to do anything? Not necessarily. They could just chill in these houses and do nothing. But Locke wants to do something. But you can tell he doesn't know what to do. Ben's getting into his head. And should he trust him? No. So you did, though. You think he doesn't need to do anything? Like, what does he need to do? Like, these people aren't trying to bother them. But they they want want Ben. They want Ben. And they have Ben. Yeah, so if they show up, just give them Ben. That's all you gotta do. You got a perfect bargaining chip. Gonna go, hey, we've got him. You can have him. Leave me alone. What's to stop them after they hand over Ben to not just kill every single person on the island? This is what you got to understand. If they're going to kill every single person on the island, they're going to kill every single person on the island. And Locke can't do anything to stop that. He could do something. Probably not. I feel like there's something he could do. Maybe, but Locke doesn't know what that is. Ben might. And that's why he let Ben do something, you know? What do you think about the fact that Ben said, the people on the freighter are not our enemy. It's the people, it's the person they work for. Do you think Ben actually is willing to be merciful towards them, the freighter people? I don't think Ben's actually a merciful guy, but I think what he's saying is correct. It's like, they're just doing their job. But if if the job is, like, bad, right? Like, you, you said that about Adam Schefter. You know, like, it just because, like, it's your job, if it's not morally right, and I'm not saying that Schefter is doing the same thing as these people but like if it's not morally right if they're taking money to potentially kill every single person on this island like yeah they're just doing their job but their job's shitty yeah but maybe they don't even know what their job is like they they think like first of all we don't know if they're going to kill every person on this island we don't know that and you could sign up for this job and the job is like that you're going to this island and um you're you know doing something on the island and you might have been told oh there's like hostile people on the island you you can only do so much with the information that you're given you know i mean that could get into like a whole big giant debate about the military do you get the impression that everyone on the freighter has the same information no not even a little bit elaborate I don't want to elaborate. <laughs> I because literally like we we see it when they're on the freighter. I just I don't think I need to elaborate. I think it's just clear. So you you think that some people have information A and some people have information B and they're all working towards a common goal or do you think someone on that freighter knows everything and then like for example Faraday and Charlotte only know part of the plan? I think they're all on different levels of information and it's just like a the the higher 
you are to the top, the more you know, and that's what it is. Do you think anyone we've met is at the top? I don't know shit about fuck. I think, uh, what's her face? Um, Naomi probably knew like a decent amount. Uh, she's dead though. And the plan died with her potentially? No, not necessarily. I don't know anything. I don't know. In the next flashback, Juliet and Goodwin have gone to a private beach for a swim and a picnic. And if Juliet is not hottie of the week after this scene, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be so honest with you. I Didn't actually... think of one? No, it's not that. It's that I was actually unattracted to Juliet in this scene. You and I have different tastes in women. We do, because it's actually the exact same reason I don't think Julie Bowen is attractive. It's like she has a very low body fat percentage, and I can see too many of her bones. I don't like that. Wow, I didn't realize that you hate skinny people. It's not that. It's just it's just what you're attracted to and not attracted to. I just think that she's just really skinny and it looked weird so are you saying that juliet this scene just turned you off of her or is she just not hottie of the week i don't actually know who hottie of the week is because it was like it should be juliet right but right. when i watched but this she has scene... bones <laughs> <laughs> but when i watched this scene i was like Ugh, i don't know man Sorry. What's, what's crazy is I made a thirst trap of Juliet with this scene and said future hottie of the week. And that's actually the one where people were like, why are we making thirst traps for a missing girl? Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm very upset right now. It probably... It, uh, no, it, no, no. I'm not going to force you to make it Juliet. You can well, make it Charlotte if you want to. No... The problem is I don't really know who it is. I guess I'll just like make a judgment call at the end. We'll f we'll find it in the moment. Right. Goodwin says that he wishes they could be like this all the time and he hates how they're private. He says that he's been sleeping on the couch for a year and he should just tell her. Juliet says it's a bad idea. He asks why and she says because Ben would not like it. He asks if this is because Ben has a crush on her and says that he follows her around like a puppy. She asks if he thinks that that would be a problem, and he says Ben has him working with chemicals that could kill every single person on the island if he presses the wrong button. He says Ben has enough on his plate to worry about them. And Juliet says she thinks that he would be upset, and Goodwin asks, what could Ben possibly do? Cut to the day that Oceanic Flight 815 crashed, and Ben sends Goodwin to the beach off to his death, and Harper gives Juliet a look of, I told you so. I feel like this was a bit of a retcon a little bit, like kind of changing why Goodwin was selected and also just like literally inserting Harper into the scene because she wasn't there originally. How do you feel about it? Because I, I have some issues. I don't care. I don't necessarily think it's a retcon because like we never had a reason why he was selected before. He was just selected. I feel like it's it's potentially a tiny bit of a stretch only because... It's like, if Ben knew that he was going to die doing that, then, like, why? That's not a successful, you know, whatever. But I do think that 
the when she's like okay well we have the people from the list why are you keeping him there and he leaves them there that could make sense with this storyline what bothers me about this is the season three episode one of us kind of establishes that there was a lot going on in in this moment in this period of time with Juliet and Ben and how she thought Rachel was dead and he was literally about to show her that Rachel was alive and had her kid and everything and there was and like this is right when Ben found out he had his tumor there was a lot going on and now they're just kind of like shoehorning the second storyline that was also going on and I just don't like it I mean multiple things can be going on you know no I don't know I just feel like it's not that deep I'm, I'm one i hate when you say that and two <laughs> i'm not necessarily saying it's like super deep i just don't like the fact that they like overlaid these stories i just feel, i feel like juliet was on that island for three years and they just kind of like crammed like two pivotal moments in her storyline into like literally one moment okay my feelings are valid i mean sure yeah Jack and Juliet reach the creek, and Jack says that they should have caught up with them by now. But Juliet says that they jumped out of a helicopter, so they should give them the benefit of the doubt. Kate starts coming too, and Jack finds her. Apparently, they just like dragged her into a bush and like left her there. He tells her that she's okay and then examines her head. Juliet offers to get water. Jack asks what happened, and Kate tells them or tells him how Charlotte hit her, and Jack says that they've been chasing them since last night. Kate asks what was going on, and Jack tells her about the Tempest, making Kate mention that they have gas masks. So Jack calls for Juliet, but she's gone. Why did she abandon them? Why not just tell them, like, hey, like we got to get going? Potentially because she thought that what she was going to be doing could be dangerous, and she didn't want to involve them. From her perspective, if... Faraday and Charlotte are going to release the gas. It doesn't matter where they are on the island. They're going to die. Safety in numbers. Mm, I don't... Or she was like, dang, now that Kate's involved, she messes everything up. I gotta go do this <laughs> real quick. You don't think maybe she thought Jack might get distracted with Kate there? Mm, I don't think she thought that. Locke lets Ben out of his cell and tells him no tricks. We're not going out into the jungle so you can disappear or shoot me in the back. Ben says they don't even need to leave the room. Ben asks if they have a deal, and Locke asks how he knows that he's not going to run off and find the others. And Ben says if the, his people still wanted him, they would have stormed the camp long ago. Then he points towards a safe that is behind a picture and gives him the code. On the inside, there is a tape labeled Red Sox, but Ben taped over the game. On the tape is a recording of a meeting. Ben tells Locke that the man on the tape the man who owns the boat, the man who is trying to find the island is none other than Charles Whitmore. I was right. I'm so fucking smart. Woohoo. La-dee-da. Good for you. You were due for a big prediction. Is that like an impressive prediction or is that something that everybody gets? Uh, I feel like I said it pretty early. You did say it pretty early. Um... I don't know. I feel like Widmore has been around just enough for you to be like intrigued by him. I don't know if that's just like the presence of Alan Dale and like how good of an actor he is. But like when we first met him at the end of season two, did you think one off or did you think, hey, maybe there's something to this guy? Because we, we saw Penny 
and Desmond just keep popping up. But that was like the only time we saw him. I can't possibly remember what I thought that long ago. Okay. The last couple times we've seen him, because we saw him a couple times in season three. Did you think, or even just the constant, did you think, oh, I want more of this guy? Not necessarily that I want more of this guy. I've said well before the constant that he was involved. So that's not really a helpful question. Locke asks how Winmore knows about the island, and Ben says he does not know, but he seems to know about it. Locke asks what he wants, and then Ben tells him that three months ago, the Virgin Mary seemed to appear on a patch of mold on the side of a house in Gainesville, Florida. He says thousands of people flocked to see it. He asks what he thinks the world would do if they knew what happened to him on the island. Ben says that Widmore wants to exploit the island, and he will do everything in his power to possess it. On the video, Widmore beats the man that was captured, another other, and then he spots the cameraman, and the feed cuts. Ben hands Locke a file, saying this is everything he knows about Widmore, and he says he's sorry he did not tell him sooner, but this was his only bargaining chip left. And then Locke says he wants to know who the man on the boat is, and Ben says he may want to sit down. So I got a couple questions here, but you had a note here about like some master plan. Okay. When Ben says you may want to sit down. I was like, why would Locke need to sit down to to hear who Ben has on the boat? Because it's kind of implying that it's going to be shocking to us as a viewer, right? And I'm like, who would be shocking? I have no idea. But then, do I think this is actually what he's going to say? No. But I thought it would be really cool if he was like, my guy on the boat is Saeed. And Ben and Locke would be like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, but Saeed doesn't even know it yet. And it'd be like, Ben mastermind this whole plan to get Saeed to get on the boat and then he's going to reach out and like, oh wait, you know, now that I'm saying that, that doesn't make any actual fucking sense, even a little bit, because Ben had prior information. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. But in the moment, that's what I thought. Um. So now I have no thoughts and I have no idea who his guy is on the boat. How does Charles Widmore know about the island? Because he bought that book. So he learned about it from the ledger from the Black Rock? I think he potentially could have already known something about it and then known that that book was, like, going to give him the information that it needed. But I don't know how he would have, like, I don't know. I don't know. He buys it in 96. He aggressively bids on it. And the second he wins it, he leaves. Yeah, I think he, he went there for that book specifically. So, like, he knew something already. I don't know how, but he did. And then the obvious question here, because it is Rat Boy Ben, is Ben being forthcoming with all of the information? Is he holding anything back? Is he lying about anything? Oh, probably. It's Rat Boy Ben. He only tells what's going to be helpful to him to tell. And we love him for it. I love Rat Boy Ben. Do <laughs> you think Ben's cracked your top five favorite characters yet? Oh, I couldn't possibly say. Number one, Vincent. Number two, Vincent. I'm surprised Jin wasn't hottie of the week for petting Vincent in the beginning of this episode. 
Never even noticed that. Speaking of which, time of recording, it was announced today that Daniel Day Kim will be in the Getting Lost documentary. If you want to hear about all the exciting people who are going to be announced on the documentary, follow Getting or at Getting Lost Doc on Twitter and Instagram. Kate finds a trail, and Jack asks why she stayed at Locks. She tries to dodge, but Jack says, let's stop pretending like it didn't matter. Kate says that she stayed because she needed to know if the people on the boat know who she was. Jack asks if they do, and she says yes. She says that they should keep moving because Juliet could be anywhere. Where is she? She's at the Tempest. And she sees that Faraday and Charlotte have already arrived and broken in, so she opens the door and draws her gun. So at this point, were you like locked in on the Faraday and Charlotte are trying to kill them, or did you like sway at all? I still thought that they were trying to kill them. In the next flashback, Ben lets Juliet into what she thought was a dinner party. She asks how he's feeling, because we're supposed to remember that he has a tumor now, and he says he felt never better. She realizes that the table is only set for two, and he says he should have made that clearer. But she says it's fine, and I hope you like dinner rolls. And I have to say, I know that Ben's, like, super creepy and possessive and shit, but, like, in the moments that he's just, like, not rat boy Ben, and he's, like, little shy boy Ben with a crush... It's kind of cute. Mm, I guess. Although he does kind of give off like nice guy wears my hug vibes. Yeah, that's more accurate, I think. We learn that Juliet was watching Zach and Emma for a time. They were asking about their mother in L.A. And Ben says that they will stop asking eventually. She says that they're children and she asks if they truly belong on the island. And Ben says that they're on the list. And who are we to question who is and who is not on the list? Juliet asks if Goodwin can come back now that they have everyone from the tail section who was on the list. And Ben says he's making the case for Ana Lucia. Ben says he does not see it, but Goodwin seems almost inappropriately passionate about her. And Juliet says that after Ethan died, it's a risk for him to be out there. But Ben says Goodwin stays for now, but he will be brought back soon. He promises. Why do you think Juliet was in charge of watching Zack and Emma? Just to remind us about Zack and Emma. You don't think that maybe Ben was like, I didn't get to have my kids with Annie. Although, never mind, he's got Alex, I just realized. Yeah, no, I don't think it's anything that deep. I think it was just like, remember they stole some kids? Do you think Zack and Emma and all the other people from the tail section were actually on a list provided by Jacob? Or is Ben just like, I want people? No, I think the list is legit. The list is legit. Yeah, I don't know why you're... Uh, I don't like when you ask questions like that. Unless Where, I question the list, you shouldn't be asking if I question the list. At the Tempest, the PA system warns the station multiple times that manual entry on the computer is denied. Faraday is frantically typing away, so Juliet sneaks up on him and tells him to stop. Faraday asks what she is doing there, and she tells him to step away from the computer. He says he can't do that and then goes back to work. A very familiar alarm sounds with one minute left until the gas is released. Juliet rips off his mask and says that if he releases the gas, he will die with the rest of them. And Faraday says he's not trying to release the gas. He's trying to render it inert and make it safe. So Charlotte sneaks up and there's a fight. Eventually, Juliet wins and gets her masks off and gets the gun. She tells them both to stop, and Charlotte says that they are not trying to release the gas, they're trying to disable it so Ben cannot use it against them. 
She tells Juliet to look her in the eye and tell her she is certain that Ben would not use the gas to kill everyone on the island, and they know he has used it before. She says she will have to kill them both to stop them, and she aims her gun at Faraday, but she does not pull the trigger as Faraday successfully renders the gas inert with one second to go. Faraday says it was a close one, but Juliet is pissed. It's funny because Juliet, usually when she's like in combat, typically with like Kate, she's kind of like a badass, but like Charlotte really held her own. Yeah. Maybe a hottie of the week in here somewhere? No? Stop trying to force hottie of the week. I don't know the answer. <laughs> trying to help you. Okay. Couple of questions here. First, how do you feel about one second left? I know you love that trope. I thought, have I said something bad about it in the past? Yeah, don't you say like, oh, it's such like an action movie trope. Oh, they just saw him the bomb with one second to go. Well, I didn't mind it in this scene. I feel like it makes sense because they got like attacked in the middle of them trying to do their thing. So it was like, of course it'd come down to one second. If Charlotte and Faraday are telling the truth, how do they know that Ben once upon a time used the gas to kill every single person on the island? I don't know that answer, but they do know it. It's a good question. It is a good question. And if they're telling the truth, and the whole time they came here, the primary objective was surrender gas that could kill every single man, woman, and child on the island, of which their camp has a few of those, why not just tell them? Why lie? Why sneak off? Why attack Kate? I don't know the answer to that, but sometimes it's just like easier to just do what you got to do without telling people because people are dumb and they get in the way. Literally not telling them resulted in Juliet almost killing them. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know. So I guess it begs the question, are they telling the truth? Well, if they're not, then what did they just do? Maybe they got caught. I don't, I think they're telling the truth. In the last flashback of the episode, Ben finds Juliet reading Jack's file. She tells him that Jack is a surgeon with extensive experience in tumor removal. Ben seems almost numb to this information, but she says that Jack can help him, and she thought that he would be more excited. Ben says he needs her to come with him. They go out to the valley, and Ben explains that after the Tailies left the beach after their last raid, they disappeared into the jungle. So he sent Pickett and Tom to track them, and they found something. He says he's sorry and looks at Goodwin's body. She cries and asks what happened, and Ben says he does not know as there were no witnesses, but he can only assume that the Tailies found out that he was not one of them. He says that he should have listened to her, and Juliet asks why he is showing her this, why he brought her out there. Ben asks if she means instead of his wife, and then Juliet says that he sent Goodwin out there to die, and he wanted this to happen. She asks why, and this enrages Ben. Ben asks, after everything that he has done to get her to the island, and after everything he has done to keep her there, how can she not understand that she is his? And then all of a sudden, he regains his composure and says, take as much time as you need, and leaves her to cry again. These types of things are always so interesting to me. Like, Ben, where where do you see this going? You think after you just had this little, like, hissy fit that she's going to be like, Okay, I love you. Let's be together. Just so weird. 
Present day, Charlotte and Juliet go outside when Jack and Kate arrive, and Kate immediately draws on them. Juliet says that they're on their side, and Kate finds this hard to believe. Charlotte apologizes, saying she had no choice, and she explains that if they go inside, she can show them how they all just saved their lives. Kate says, fine, let's go, but Jack agrees to take them at their word. Really, he just wants to ask Juliet if she's okay, and she says that Ben wanted her to kill them. Jack asks how Ben can tell her anything, and Juliet says she doesn't know, but he knew how to do it, and he knew everything about what was happening. She says these people came to the island to wage war against Ben, and Ben is going to win. And when that happens, Jack does not want to be anywhere near her. Jack asks why, and Juliet says Ben thinks that she is his, and he knows how she feels about Jack. Jack kisses her and says Ben knows where to find him. And then they hug, and she cries. I feel like Jack and Juliet have less chemistry than a rock and a coconut. I just, I really, I don't see it. Even a little bit. I like Juliet. I don't even hate Jack right now. They're both hot. No chemistry. Like, not even a little bit. Am I wrong? It very felt much like that kiss was like the writers trying to prove something that like this is like a thing now because it just felt so like. Eh. I just like I don't see it. Honestly, them trying to force this relationship on me is almost making me a Jate shipper because Hell I'm yeah. like, no, no, out of spite because I'm like, this is gross. And I want Juliet to have love like for sure. But I'm just like. No, there is nothing. It's like they're kissing their cousin. Remember when you like briefly thought Juliet was Jack's sister? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and that's what it feels like. <laughs> you don't like it at all. I like that about you. I've never liked the Jack and Juliet pair. Like obviously in like the in the war that is Jack and Kate or Kate and Sawyer and then Jack and Juliet or Jack and Kate. Like there are like like maybe a five percent group that are like Jack and Juliet. Just wrong. Yeah. I would sooner ship Ben and Juliet. I just and that, like that's a joke. Yeah, no, I disagree with that, but I just they're not a good just just no. Sawyer and Hurley are playing horseshoes and Hurley wins. Seems like his luck is turning around. They see Ben is out and about on his own, and Sawyer asks how he got out. And Ben says, see you at dinner, and then walks into his new home. And that is how the episode ends. How do you think this is going to go over for the members of Lux Camp? They're not going to be happy. For sure. Who do you think is going to be the most upset? I could argue two people. Maybe three. Sawyer's going to be pretty pissed. Who else is in this camp? I can't remember. Actually, the correct answer is every single one of the named characters. Sawyer got tortured by him and locked in a cage in that whole fake pacemaker. Ben is the reason Michael killed Libby. So Hurley's going to be upset. And other killed Charlie. So Claire will be upset. And then obviously Alex hates him. So Rousseau hates him because he kidnapped Alex. And Carl hates him because he brainwashed him and tried to kill him. And I'm pretty sure that's all the named characters that followed Locke to the camp. 
Yeah, so so there you go. And Miles still hasn't gotten his two or three point two million dollars. For sure. I don't really have any other questions, so we we just gotta break this down. Who is Hottie of the Week? Uh God, I really don't know. Is it Ben? No, it's not Ben. Is it Goodwin? I considered Goodwin. I'm not did you lie. really? Yeah, I did. Let's, um, let's let's rule out the people it's not. Saeed wasn't in this episode. Okay. Um I don't uh, I don't know. I guess Juliet. You know what? I, I actually Juliet for the scene that I think you asked me about and I said I was sassy with you. But when she shows up and she's like holding the gun at them and then she like fights with Charlotte. Fight scene. Sure. It's going to be interesting to see who wins out, especially since it's such a short season. Yeah. Twill. Speaking of which, we only have five episodes left until we get to part one of the finale. How do you feel about season four so far? It's been okay. I feel like it has it has good potential to go somewhere. I just don't know where that is. We now know some members of the Oceanic Six. Do you remember what your initial prediction was? I think so, because I just listened to that episode. I think I had said, like, we already knew the three. Mm-hmm. And at th- okay, wait, at that point, we knew Jack, Kate, Hurley. Yep. I think I said Sawyer, Saeed, son. Yes. So we know Saeed. Do you want to lock in those two or do you want to switch up? I wouldn't be surprised if Sawyer stays. I don't think he is part of the six. So who would be? Are you sticking with Sun? I would like to stick with Sun, but I, I can't say that. With, I mean, I just don't know who else. You know what would be crazy? And I'm just going to like, no, that'd be crazy. Just like if Locke went back, because you wouldn't expect it, right? True. Okay, I'm just going to say Locke for fun. So you're going to say Locke and Sun are the final two members of the Oceanic Six. Sure. Why not? Just just for funsies. All right. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? Nah. I'd say that's about right. Mediocre. Yeah. Brought it all around. Of course. Next week, I will tell you a title, but after we lock in some guesses, because the title kind of makes it a little obvious. Okay. So I need to know who... And when? Ah, uh, da 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 da. da da do. Who have we not had? Have we had a lock episode yet? In season four, no. Okay, I'll just say lock forward. Okay. Title of the episode: Ji Young. Okay, so it's a Sun Jin episode. Maybe, but I will not tell you if it's a flash forward or flashback. Okay. So. Now that you know the title, do you want to lock in the prediction? Uh, well, just going off of my my what's it called? I'm gonna say it's sun flash forward. All right, we will see if you're right. I'm all out of questions, but if you have questions for flashback, get them into our socials. Lauren, where can they find them? At Lauren Gets Lost Pod on TikTok. At Lauren Gets Lost Pod on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mistress or therapist 
Maybe they're one of the same. I don't know. And that would such- be an interesting book. Okay. I'm sure it's written. And join us next week for the title that I forgot the name of. Gian. Gian. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. <laughs>